good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are out here. It is a fundraiser. You know what I'm saying? We've decided that because of what's been happening in Europe, those poor Western countries are going to go out there and help them. We're sick. Sick of this violence. Sick of this white and white crime. We're going to go out there. We're going to give to these causes to help them heal, to help them come back together. We're going to have that, you know... The, the, the we are the world, but we are the world for Europe. You know what I'm saying? We're going to try to kind of heal the wounds down there. I can't even joke about it, really, because I was going to say some shit, but it's just like, it's very depressing how the world kind of turns its eye towards Europe. And I'm happy because Lord knows, you know, we've kind of slid into authoritarianism. But at the same time, something something feels off there where, you know, it's I, I wish it was as much care for everything in the world as there is when, you know, Europe gets affected. That's all I'll say. Yeah, like, true. True. See, I was gonna try. To, I was gonna try to make it light. You see, we discussed oh, this I, just now. The light podcast. <laughs> see, I just fucked that shit up. <laughs> oh man, we yeah, dude. I, I look, y'all. COVID's still out here. It's brick outside. War, nuclear war is 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 upon us. Like, <laughs> we got like Kendrick some <laughs> depressing ass news. <laughs> uh, we can't help you all today. Sorry. Yeah, but you know, we could, we could all be here together in the misery, holding each other, listening to like what's a good sad music? Hmm. James Dismiss? Blake. Oh, James uh, Blake. <laughs> Tammy Wynette. We'll go a little country. <laughs> well, uh, since we are in the capitalistic landscape, let us start with uh, some some good capitalism news. Long story short. Bandcamp has been bought by Epic Games. If you don't know your Epic Games, if you're kind of out of the video game loop, maybe the last system you owned was an NES. Let me tell you about a game you might have heard of called Fortnite. Blockbuster game, one of the biggest games in the world. Literally makes money hand over fist every year. If you don't know about it, ask your 10-year-old son about it. He knows. 10-year-old daughter. You know what I'm saying? 25-year-old college kid. Still playing that shit. But, um... Long story short, there was an acquisition three weeks ago where Bandcamp went and bought Spotify, which is, oh, sorry, sorry, rewind, where Epic went and bought Bandcamp. Um, Epic is a relatively indie designer. They used to exist in the 90s where they used to make video games and also video game engines were basically, you know, the basic building blocks that other companies would use to make video games. Um, I believe in the last five years or so, they got acquired by... Tencent, which is a big, huge Chinese conglomerate, so you can't—they can't really necessarily, you know, claim indie per se now. Um, but they do have roots in a, a little bit more of a less corporate kind of ideal. Um, obviously, since the glow up, you know, they're one of the big dogs. They're currently suing Apple, basically over fees in their in their app store. You know, th- th- this isn't this isn't small cookies. This is kind of a whole universe away because. Even though Bandcamp was a business that was doing well, that was very profitable, I'm pretty sure the millions, you know, a year that they were making doesn't compare to the billions a quarter that uh, Epic is facing. I mean, Epic makes. So it's been a kind of an interesting ride because Epic claims they'll keep it, you know, low tier. Epic claims they'll keep, the, you know, everything, everything the same. Bandcamp Fridays, as far as Bandcamp is concerned, they're like, hey, 
you know, with Epic's money, with Epic's technology, we could leverage things up. We could even improve our app. We could have more interactive things. I know Bandcamp is in the process of kind of becoming a one-stop shop where as an artist, you're able to kind of go there, have them print out records, have them kind of help with the merch. You kind of want to be, you know, as opposed to the artists kind of doing more of the work themselves, you know, going to a third party, getting the records there, printing it up. I know Bandcamp wants to offer that and ideally this deal might help, but it's also a weird situation because you've got this huge multi-billion conglomerate and relatively a, a really small indie shop. Yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of scratching my head about this one. Um, it's, it's like the equivalent of like Mac DeMarco dating like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just like it, it feels, it feels weird. Like Fortnite is this huge glossy game. Um, you know, they've done some really interesting music activations. You know, yes. with, with Travis Scott. Uh, I think like Bad Bunny did something. Um, so you know, they're not a stranger to the music industry and not a stranger to like, you know, like utilizing music within their platform. I think Bandcamp it just feels like the most, like I don't know, just like out off the wall acquisition. Um, I'm surprised, and maybe they, you know, I don't know how SoundCloud still still around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that Chance the Rapper money is keeping SoundCloud around, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm surprised it's not with SoundCloud, which I think feels more aligned with like you know Fortnite, Epic Games, just with like you know. A lot of the trap rap is there. A lot of the EDM is there. Like a lot of emerging artists are there. Uh, whereas Bandcamp just feels like very old school. I, they haven't redesigned their website since like 2005. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, I don't know how what to make about this. You know, I, and, and I, I, you know, you've seen these mergers and acquisitions before, and they're like, oh, nothing's going to change. And then like you know, a year later, everything changes. Um, and I. I I hope that the, that that Bandcamp survives. I I'm not going to say I'm on Bandcamp all the time, but I do think we need that that outlet for independent music, you know, for you to buy music in a way that's not streaming it, right? That you can put money into the to the hands of of uh, artists, um, and and actually have tangible transactions. I do think that's a part of the music industry, uh, and that needs to be a part of the music industry. I just don't see it. I, I really don't see it. Like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. I, I, it just feels weird to me. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it's, it's, I've heard ex- not excuses. I mean, maybe being the kind, I heard reasoning where Tim Sweeney, the owner of Epic, again, th- this used to be, you know, literally independent game developer from back in the days. They, you know, th- there's a certain anti-authoritarianism in there, supposedly, as far as the way they try to run their company. But at the end of the day, you can't really do that when your bag is in the billions and you have a major conglomerate also throwing their major bag behind you. I think you kind of nailed it, though. What I love, the, like, the comparison with SoundCloud, what's confusing about Bandcamp is it's like there's a certain level of, you know, when you create art, there's always the idea of where even if you don't want to admit it or not, you want it to get to the widest audience possible. Like nobody creates art for it to sit, you know, in a fucking box somewhere unless it's a therapeutic exercise. Um, what I do find fascinating with Bandcamp is there's a weird ethos there where a lot of artists put their stuff on Bandcamp. They'll never leave Bandcamp. I think back to like JPEG Mafia, where JPEG Mafia got signed to Republic. He's obviously beefing with Republic. He's begging to get dropped from Republic. He's like, he'll never go into a fucking major label again to the point of where he releases quote unquote major label 
debut like um last winter but at the same time dropped like a whole other version on Bandcamp called the offline version like it's been a kind of a space where you almost I'll say I don't want to say like anti fucking major label per se but it's definitely a space that you could just have the idea of where it's a little bit more independent and a little more DIY I think that going back to your point with SoundCloud is unlike a SoundCloud where it's up, seemed more like artists working their stuff out artists trying to get exposure artists trying to kind of blow up you know, there, there seems to be, and I won't say it's necessarily successful, but it seems to be more of a pipeline there where if you're putting up art there, your goal is to kind of get, you know, to the dance floors, to the major labels, to somewhere, where Bandcamp kind of seemed like a world on its own. So it's kind of confusing because you could argue that maybe they just want to kind of leverage, uh, you know, maybe they want to leverage the fact that they could have music for the games. Obviously, I'm assuming they do it in a way where they can, you know, the artists can opt out, yada yada yada. But maybe they're just like, we just need a a music pipeline somewhere in our shit, you know. I I just don't really see it, and I think what kind of scares me is the idea of where I won't necessarily say it's it's equal, but you do have an issue here of where you have a video game kind of industry where there is kind of like a small indie creator pipeline. That's your streamers, those are your YouTubers. And if you kind of listen to the wind, you know, for every like PewDiePie, for every ninja, there's these people who are kind of just trudging around, you know, creating loads and loads and loads of content where it may not necessarily widely be seen, but it's still seen and they get pennies. So it kind of shows you that you can't even, I can't even say like, you know, there isn't something that's very comparison, that isn't like a compare and contrast to what's happening in the music industry now, where these guys are good guys, or these guys are kind of far removed from the problem, because within that same industry, you still kind of have similar shades of the same issues of why you had to have a band camp created on the music side. So the thing is, you know, ultimately it's happened, it's done. I'm hoping that, and I don't want to be that negative Nancy, but like you pointed out, Stone, that the inevitable slide, when it happens, it, it'll be years from now, you know, maybe there'll be a change in execs and yada, 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 in that, you know, before, while the world is still going a little nuts, you know, that Bandcamp will this Bandcamp on the way it is being a good place for creators to kind of go there. And if you have your fan base, it's like a thousand people able to kind of make some kind of money off of it until the next thing rolls around. Yeah, we we shall see. I mean, I I I do hope that period before it all goes to shit is this is a long one because I know there's just artists that you know like they there's artists that make more money. You know, most artists make more money in Bandcamp, but like like they're not even on Spotify, right? Yeah, because like, like Bandcamp is like their home. Like they know that they can make bread, whereas Spotify is more of a gamble. So. Um, yeah, I just like hope there's there's no craziness that comes out of this deal because I do think Bandcamp is essential, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, so moving on, uh, LimeWire relaunches. <laughs> so my my childhood is back. LimeWire <laughs> relaunches as an NFT platform, I guess. So so I guess like if y'all don't know. I guess like if y'all are kids and y'all just you grew up with Spotify, like we had to be in the trenches, fam. <laughs> how many false Jay Z demos have I downloaded? How how many how many fake clips mixtapes have I listened to? In my oh life? man, I that that was the worst, dude. Like 
Look, we didn't have files back in the day. So you had to sit there for like overnight. <laughs> you download the album. <laughs> it's all fake. <laughs> the kids don't know, man. The kids don't mm. know. Oh, uh, man. But uh, I guess like, I mean, LimeWire, I, I haven't been tracking it. But so I don't know if it's been existing for a long time or if it's like, you know, it's existing. Like somebody just like bought the brand. But it is relaunching as a NFT platform. Uh, it's focused on quote unquote digital collectibles. Um, so rare items such as limited edition, limited editions, unreleased demos, and digital merchandise. Um, and I think what what really kind of got the artist community kind of stirred up was the the digital. Uh, I'm sorry, the unreleased demo part of it, because um, you know. If you don't know, there's so many unreleased demos sitting out there in the world. Um, and it's really interesting, too, like, you know, just being kind of like adjacent to the industry. You know, artists will just like hang out and they'll be in the studio and they'll be like, hey, this weekend, let's like let's put a few songs together. And the songs are great. Um, but maybe one artist is signed to a label and another artist is signed to another label. And they go to their label and say, hey, can we release this project? And then, like, the labels are like, no, right? But since both of those artists are signed to, like, 360 deals, even though the label said no, like, say, 10 years ago, any art that they create is probably under contract to this label. So um, what's happening is, like, a lot of, like, artists are concerned because, you know, unreleased demos might come out. A label might, like, you know, release as an NFT say there's an unreleased demo from like Kanye or like, you know, or not even Kanye. I, I would say like an artist, like, I don't know, like an artist that like may, might be, might be more of a journeyman. Right. Um, you know, like, like, like Q-tip. Right. Um, the label might drop it as NFT. Oh, this is like rare Q-tip album from, you know, wh- whatever, like after come all the abstract part two. <laughs> <laughs> you know hard drive (laughs) um like the label can put it out q-tip gets you know like whatever measly percentage or no money um it makes a million dollars in nft and like the label like pockets that coin right and there's no regulations around this so it just caused like a really interesting conversation um you know in the community around like like now that things are moving to nfts like these contracts that you signed like 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, are not even capturing this moment. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's another, you know, <laughs> industry <laughs> shady moment. <laughs> the, the, the irony is that uh, so Rosalia has a new album coming out. She went to was SNL. But there's one song which is basically like, you know how there's, there's always, if, if you could dance, you, you always have that one banger of a dance song where it's just basically beats and, you know, like, like, like your Beyonce, like, you know, you know, put a ring on it type song. But uh, long story short, guess who's got a, a co-writing credit on that song? Mr. Abstract himself, going back to your point. Oh. Yeah, like her up. new single. And like I said, but that goes back to your point of where you never know, man. She's out here, you know, practicing her little fucking reggaeton. She got fucking Daddy Yankee in the corner. Daddy Yankee's like, yo, I know I know Q-Tip, he's next door. Let's get what's up. But then Q-Tip goes up there, says, hey, why don't you change that line to this line? And bam, now you've got, you know. Yeah. And it's, cra- it's crazy to see some of this work in action. Like, it, it's very organic. Like, it's, and it sucks that, like, 
you know, again, like you're all in the studio, you're smoking, you know, getting high. You're like, oh, I got this melody. I'm going to put this together. And it's just like it happens. And then you have to take it to like the lawyers and the labels and shit like that. <laughs> For like eight months. It's, it's like three hours of just workshopping and fun ends up being like fucking five months worth of lawyer work, basically. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's like, again, industry sucks. You know, again, I'm happy to see Lamar out there. That's that's part of my that's part of my youth. But uh, yeah, like I said, if it's not paying the artists, can't can't get behind it. So yeah, ho- yeah. hopefully, like I said, if it's got to come out, hopefully they find a way to kind of get the revenue stream where it belongs. Because Lord knows, it's not it's not Universal or Sony. Yeah. Um, last one is a just quick one. I know it was supposed to happen a couple of years ago, but I guess it's still happening. Mr. Kendrick Lamar and Mr. Paul McCartney is headlining Glastonbury. Reason why I wanted to shout this out is because it wasn't that long ago where Mr. Jay Z was gonna play Glass and Barry and it was a big deal. So see how far we've come when we've got a rapper from Compton on stage for Beatle. Well, pseudo stage, you know, right after, same time, whatever, co-headlining. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, was, I was about to say like, uh, I, I was like, right, wait, are they together? Is it like a Grammy mashup performance? That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, th- I think it's multiple, you know, multiple nights, like night one, night two type shits. Yeah, and, and I guess like for for people who don't know, Glastonbury was very adamantly anti hip hop. Yes, for a long time, and very proud of it. Like you know, they're like we only are catering to guitar rock, you know, or like you know, like we'll throw in like I don't know, like you know, a black artist, but they gotta be like can't be hip hop, you know? Yeah, can't be R and B. Um, and yeah, Jay Z broke that, um, and now we have Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, um, which I think is probably one of the biggest headlining opportunities for Kendrick. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of. I feel like he, has he done? He's obviously done arenas. Has he done stadiums? I don't think he's done stadiums. Yeah, and I don't it's think probably he's his biggest. Like, yeah, it's not, it's, I, I'm trying to think like. I forgot what the, what the Coachella lineup is, <laughs> but I don't know if he's on Coachella or not. But like, you know, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal um, yeah, for the culture. Yeah, hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. What else? Uh, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess bad, bad, bad on our bad news run. Um, long story short. Morris Day and the time are currently in legal battles with the estate of Prince. Apparently, at least from Morris's day perspective, they won't let him use the name the time. So that, apparently this crazy. is a, Yeah, which is crazy. So apparently, you know, obviously we all know the kind of rumors. Not rumors, what am I saying? The history, rewind, because these are factuals, where kind of Prince kinda of helped put the band together, put the acts together, a lot of the people musicians he knew from basically Minneapolis. Um, Terry jammed um, Lewis from there. So basically, you've got this band that's foreign prince was heavily involved. I guess legally, going back to the idea of people kind of workshopping shit and having an army of lawyers, I guess years ago there was an informal deal where Prince was like, you know, you just kind of do what you want to do with the name. I'm, I'm not going to be really beholden to you to anything as far as life performance is concerned. It looks like there's a disagreement with the estate now where Morris Day and the Time can't be Morris Day and the Time. And so it's a lot of back and forth. I think it's a little unfortunate. 
ideally he's arguing over an estate where it's not as if he's taking money out of Prince's mouth because Prince is unfortunately not going to wood rest in peace long gone from this moral plane yeah it goes back to industry rule shit it's just you know they've got content and it's their content well I could say quote unquote they think they've got content they think it's their content and they want to F you pay me even though it's a man who literally was out there you know in those sweaty vans on those stages you know, putting into work, acting in movies, creating, helping create this persona, all these musicians, all that shit happening. Doesn't make a difference. It's all about the contract and the industry. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, too, because, you know, <laughs> more stay and, and Prince have been beefing <laughs> for like 30 years. Um, and now, like, yeah, there's beef with the, <laughs> the ghost of Prince. Even in the know. afterlife. Yeah, cause I yeah, so I I don't know, man. Like these these are like weird stories about like lawyers sitting in like conference rooms that somehow get on a music site, <laughs> and we are like debating about it. Um, I I I I will say that you know I I hope for you know because Morris Day is very talented. I've seen him live. Um, I know Prince may or may not be threatened by that talent, um, but I, I feel like at this point, it's just it makes no sense. Yeah, right. Like it makes no sense. You know, y'all have made the bulk of your money. Y'all are literally like you know playing to the greatest generation and boomers right now. Um, you know, like come on, y'all. Like you know, why why are we going to do this? You know, in twenty twenty two. Right, yeah. like it just makes no sense. Let let Morris Day get his 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 bag, you know. Um, like I feel like he probably can't do all the the, the dance moves <laughs> anymore anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I this is like it's just like disappointing to see, you know. Like and again, it's just like lawyers and labels and trademark copyright people uh, getting in the way of art. And you know it's sad to see. Yeah, it's like go back to the idea. Like you said, it's, it's let, let him get his bag. It's it's not. I can understand if he's coming out. So I'm going back to the. I guess the the theme of this episode is is demos. If he had some weird demos, he's trying to release his new songs and yada yada yada. No, he just wants to throw out a tour and to show up as the time. That's all. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I think it's it's unfortunate that you know. And and, I, and this is not the first time I've heard about this where. You know, sometimes when you've got disputes with band members and one band member wants to kind of play out there, you know, those live gigs, they got to cut a check. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of basically license the name out, give them a percentage. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's per date fee. And, you know, like I said, it's 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 hard for me. I think it's hard for, it should be hard for all of us, actually. You know, if you're a working musician, you're a working musician. You're out there, you're doing something. It's, it's a form of labor. So I think the idea of where somebody's going to go out there and do all this work you know, on stage, you know, it's hands on deck and have to basically write a check because, you know, they threw a name on a flyer somewhere. It's fucked up. So hopefully yeah. that gets settled out. Hmm? Yeah. And I guess, I, but here's the thing. The one positive thing we always get excited about in the podcast tone, what is that? That is new music. New music. New music. All right. So I'm going to talk about this group that I vaguely can pronounce. Charlotte Adjari. And Bolus Pipil, Ooh. Ooh. Tropical Dancer. 
So basically, it's a Belgium duo. Uh, I believe it used to be Charlotte Atchery only with Boris helping in the background, but now he's a he's an official bandmate. You know what I'm saying? Take that, Prince. The state of Prince. <laughs> um, so how would I describe the band? So they're a fascinating mix of, let's say, high-quality lifestyle dance music, something you would hear in, you know, in Soho House, something you hear at a cool 3 a.m. party with models around, you know, mm. you know very, very luxurious-sounding, very well-produced, very upbeat, very fun dance music, very, very party-going, uh, but with a certain sophistication, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm out here, you know, getting turned up with my Rolex, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here, you know, cutting a little rug with my brand new Louis V's, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, what I find fascinating is that lyrically, obviously as music tends like this to be, it's very playful, it's very fun, but it's also very political. So it's, 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 so while she's talking, it's talking, it's, it's issues about feminism. It's issues about racism. But it's done in a way that's almost very tongue in cheek. Where it's like, like, you know, like there's a part where she kind of says, like, don't say, like, you know, your hair looks funny. Or so it's, it's very, it's almost like it's, it's, it's like getting your vitamins with your little kid, but in a cool little gummy where the gummy tastes mm. like candy kind of stuff. So what I like about it is the idea of where even though they're making, you know, fun of beat dance music, even though they want to kind of give it some political leaning to it, they still approach it not necessarily beating your head over it like Rage Gets the Machine, but more like, hey, you know, cocktail party, you know, call, you know, that was an interesting phrase you said, maybe you should think about that a little differently. Um, and like I said, what's kind of cool about it is a great balancing act because that can be very pretentious, very corny, very old. But I don't know if it's because of the way the accents are, the way they kind of phrase certain things. It's like music that kind of helps you think a little bit, but at the same time, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's still fun. Um, I think what kind of helps, though, is you've got Soul Wax, who's been making dance hits for like fucking decades. I kind of yeah. doing the bulk of the production in the background. And so that kind of guarantees every track is a fucking banger. But at the same time, they've got this weird effortless cool together where it just kind of works. So it's just like... It's something where you kind of put on, let it play while you have people over, while you're doing cool stuff. But if you kind of listen to it, kind of like like with the, that part of your brain on, you do get something out of it. So, you know, huge, huge fan of this record. It's called Topical Dancer. Cool. I, I will check that out. Uh, and my new music is, I, I don't think this is a new album. This is like a, a new-ish album. Um, the latest album by uh, from Earth Gang uh, ah. called Ghetto Gods. Uh, and it's an album that I so Earth King is like really interesting to me because I, I do feel like they wear their influences on their sleeve a little bit too much uh-huh. um, and I do feel like some some days they feel like a, a new incarnation of Outcast in a lot of ways I feel like they're well they're, they're a little cosplay Outcast <laughs> 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 like I I, and I feel bad because I know they're probably hating that comparison. Also, I feel like it's definitely more the music labels putting it on them than them actually like, hey, we're the new Outcast. It's like they're Atlanta, they're eclectic. There's two of them, Outcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I <laughs> that's probably more adequate to me than I, I, I probably want to let on. Uh, I don't know if there's any Earth Gang fans out here. I'm probably going to get doxxed, but because <laughs> the, the dart's going to come through the window, you know. <laughs> um, 
I will say, like, like I do think their production on Ghetto Gods is like really good. It is that combination of like the Dungeon Family Atlanta, which I will say now is like classic because those track, you know, you know, those albums are like 20, 25 years old now. <laughs> but it's like this classic sound, uh, like this classic Dungeon Family sound. But also, too, you, there's like trap influences. Um, I thought like some of the, the um, features were really interesting, like a future, a future, future, feature, <laughs> a future feature, like tongue twisted, <laughs> you know, um, which I thought was really, really interesting. Of course, JID and J Cole are on um, the track Waterboards. I thought that was really good. I, I will say like some of the features outshone like you know the actual artists <laughs> um which is i don't know kind of sad to see sometimes um i will say like uh power CeeLo like rips it on the mic which is kind of crazy i don't know if he's still canceled or not but like CeeLo spitting rhymes i think was like great to see Awesome. Um, Nick Cannon was also on that 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 track, which was a head scratcher. Again, must have been in the studio. <laughs> Y'all got free treats. Y'all got Doritos up there. I'll come through. <laughs> you know. <laughs> This is, I'm, I'm telling y'all, this is how these things happen. Nick Cannon's just like sitting in the back of the studio. Oh, Yo, Earth Gang got Krispy Kremes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go through before we go to the club. <laughs> well, let's stop over quickly. I'll just get three of them. Maybe they were like too high. And then it's like the next day, I was like, oh, like this is, uh, you know, oh, this is, not, this is J. Cole, right? It's like, no, this is Nick Cannon. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, kind of brought the whole that the whole track down, um, but uh, but you know, like like you know, tracks like "Strong Friends" are really good. Like the 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 last track of Ari Lennox is really good. So I do think there's something in there. Um, I just I, I've not been a real fan of Earth Gang, but I kind of see like I see their vision, and I kind of see like if they did want to kind of break out of this kind of like. Atlanta, like, you know, Dungeon Family Mold, I do think there's, like, a lot of interesting, like, you know, there's some, I, I forgot the name of the tracks, like, Super Psychedelic, like, they can do a lot of things. Um, I will say, like, there is, like, this really interesting Atlanta sound that I don't think people talk about, like, with this Dungeon Family outcast sound. Um, a lot of people, when you think of Atlanta now, you think of Trap. You know, you kind of think of, like, you know, like that kind of sound, but like that sound are, are like, you know, used to exist and does exist. Um, so I do like, you know, kind of that acknowledgement of that sound as somebody who kind of grew up on that music. But um, I, I would say it's, 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 it's an okay track. Uh, okay album. Um, but yeah, I'm still not a fan. I don't think they've sold me on, on, on like, or converted me. But I, I will, I do appreciate the nods to like the Dungeon Family sound because I think we need more of that in our lives. So, yeah, no, it, I, I, it's weird. I felt like Atlanta had us a perfect mix of like funk and RB that yeah. was just a great meld. Where don't get me wrong, you get it a lot of places in the United States, but that perfect balance of funk, RB, have it being very well done and have it being very well pop culture, like, like as far as great pop hooks. It's where they kind of mastered it. Where you know, if you go to New Orleans, you'll definitely get that funk, 
but it might not be that R&B and it might not be that hooky. It's still great music, don't get me wrong, but something about Atlanta where they're able to kind of get all, you know, and, and it's weird because obviously it's East Coast, but in, in its sound, it was able, it's somehow it's able to kind of grab all of a lot of what's happening in black America, pop culture wise, music songwriting wise, a lot of black tradition and kind of make a little stew very well. It's weird. Yeah, and I think you the emphasis on like the hook as well, like yeah. like the hook nature, the pop culture of it, like the you know, um, yeah, it's like you because you know New Orleans has a sound, like New Orleans has like several sounds, and you know you had like Master P, but like even that was like not as smooth as what came out of Atlanta, yeah. You know? um, so yeah, no, it's, it's 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 like like if you like that sound and if you want more of that sound, I think like. Earth Gang is like good for you, you know. It's it's like a good, you know, kind of reminiscing. Um, I just, I kind of just wish. I don't know. They, can they get three, three stacks on it? Like, it's <laughs> big boys around. Big boy, big boy, and like <laughs> might jump on it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I feel all right. So this is my issue of Earth Gang, and I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to take down any artists. I think it's like you said. Is they they do the Atlanta sound really well. It's just a fact of where you kind of wish that, like, if they just had, they're really good curators. I don't know if they're really good artists on their own. Meaning that, True. like, I never really get smacked for crazy bar. I never get smacked for crazy sung hook. I never get smacked with this crazy off kilter beat. There's something about them that makes them very, very, very solid artists, but there's something where it also makes it kind of unforgettable. But like you said, if you throw in a CeeLo, if you throw in somebody where they have that that it factor, they'll bring in that shit home. Like that, that's, that's oh, a yeah. touchdown getting scored. But it's like, and like I said, it's almost as if you wish like they had like a third member or somebody running out or somebody to kind of give a, just a little bit more. But like I said, I hate it because like I said, they're still, they're still, they've been, I've been hearing about Earth Green for like five years. They're still around. They're still making like solid ass shit. But it's, I think that's what it is. It's just that they just can't level up that, that one. Again, we got CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green is definitely has issues. He's still semi kind of canceled. But you can't forget the fact of where there's a certain quality there where it's like, oh, yeah. this kid's got it. And that's what's kind of Earth Gang, where the very serviceable musicians is just for that level of what they're going for. I just think it just needs a little something. I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to shut up before. I, <laughs> I know, before Earth, Earth, Earth Gang clan comes out here. So I just <laughs> A whole bunch of dudes with Bantu braids come out well, and fucking us up. Because they're Dreamville. So, you know, like, like you know, I'm sure J. Cole oh. is coming to my house right now. J. Cole. Now, now it all makes sense. <laughs> and on that note, now that we've made new enemies down in Atlanta, uh, we will not be going there anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, or North Carolina, apparently. Go, going back to, so uh, I guess we'll be, I'll, we'll be skipping those states when <laughs> we fly around. But um, as usual, we love y'all. Take care of yourselves. I know we started off as a little downer, but, you know, we outside now. Summer's happening. Tours are happening. You know what I'm saying? If the world's ending, sometimes you got to dance it all the way. That's what we're saying. So, you know, we'll see y'all next time. Peace. 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 <laughs>